Hello and welcome to the Connected Generation. My name is Nikia Anani and I am your host. Happy 2022. Whoa, what a year 2021 was. There was so much change, um, so much upheaval, but also so much newness and so much excitement and hopeful and wishing that 2022 will bring much love, much joy, much peace to you and yours. And it shall be a great year. So we're starting off our new year with new music. <laughs> Hope you like the new intro, outro music. Just thought to pump it up a little bit, um, make it a little bit more uplifting. And yeah, just to switch things up a bit, because we've been using the same music for the last couple of years. And yeah, and this year will be the year that my book will come out. Yay! <laughs> Lifetime to Legacy. We are the final stretch. So the pre-launch will be end of this month. And the live, live, live will be in April God willing, but I'll keep you updated and share links and all that jazz so you can learn more. This week's episode, I was joined by Kerry Bailey, who is an expert in healing disconnection. She's all about consciousness and ensuring that we connect to our true selves and foster relational expansion, co-creation, which obviously in a family enterprise, is so very vital and so very applicable. So we had a great, great connect um, conversation. And I love what she says, where she says, to connect to yourselves, you must be connected to... Sorry, she says, to connect to others, you must be connected to your true self. To see the light and value in others, you must know the light and value within yourself. When we understand personal and relational expansion and the power of co-creation, we will understand we are stronger together because of our differences. Just a little peek into a bit of our conversation, which was fascinating. So I'd enjoy, I'd encourage you to join in, um, listen in and enjoy. Hi, Kerry. Welcome to the Connected Generation. I'm so excited to have you. Yes, I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. Yes, you are the world changes experts in healing disconnection. But before we get into that, can you tell us more about who is Carrie and how did you get to where you are today? Yeah, actually, um, it started through a lot of pain. Um, I grew up with, um, I was taken away from my dad at a really young age. I was like four or five and lived with my mom who had severe schizophrenia. And so life was about surviving. And so I retreated so far within myself that I, I felt like I learned how to read what people, what I thought people wanted and needed from me. And I, you know, looked at cues on like, were they safe? Was it not safe? And so I feel like at a young age, I played the role, you know, that other people needed me to play that really was at Mm. home that like would have me not get hurt. And then fast forward, you know, and I was married and I, you know, had this amazing husband with three kids and I discovered that I couldn't feel anything like my kids would Mm. hug and I'd see them laughing And it was like, I couldn't connect to that emotion that they were feeling. And I realized that I had numbed out. And so to get through like the hard times, 
Um, the thing that got me through the hard times was now like getting in the way of the one thing that I wanted most in life, which was to feel connected and to feel like, you know, emotionally safe mm. and with someone. And so that actually started um, this whole journey for me of self-discovery and growth and realizing that I had run away from a lot of pain um, that I just didn't want to deal with and that it had followed me around. And so I, you know, this is actually, as I, I had already been in graduate school to figure out like marriage, family, human development, and psychology. I studied mm. that in undergraduate and graduate. And so I was already helping people at this point um, with other things in their life. And I realized I needed to take it to a new level. And so that healing disconnection was a, a real personal journey for me of realizing like what the human heart does, like for myself um, mm. also, like this wall, you know, that, that I created to protect myself that then like became my prison. Um, and how, how do you, you know, how, how to get out of that and get out of survival mode so that you can actually like live and thrive and feel and, you know, all of those things. So that's kind of where it all started for me. Wow. That's incredible. Healing disconnection. I've never heard that term used in that way. Why do folks generally like what are the common causes that would lead one to be disconnected? And also, what are the common like symptoms as a doctor, you know, would say, like, what are the exhibits? How would that be manifesting itself in one's life? You mentioned like you were kind of numbed from emotions. Um, Yeah. So the causes and the symptoms. Yeah, I think it's different for everyone, of course. Um, But I think emotional pain, every time we experience emotional pain or something traumatic, um, we... Mm -hmm. We, like fragment from like who we truly are um, mm. and it causes this disconnection from ourself but also just human conditioning so I actually think that this is a common human experience is this living in a disconnected way I think that you know we are when we're born we're this little innocent pure being that you know um, isn't afraid and connects and is very loving and and then we we learn what's acceptable and what's not. And we start to see ourselves in a different way. Um, and we start to see ourselves as um, sometimes like to the extent of broken, but sometimes like, oh, well, this part of me isn't acceptable or this isn't good. And we kind of start like fragmenting off. And, I, and that's, that's the first you know instance of disconnection is really from ourself. Um, and then it leads to disconnection from other people. And I think ways that you know we notice it and can identify like the symptoms you know sometimes it's just like that numbing out like you just feel numbed out um sometimes Mm. you know it leads to addiction um when we find Mm. that we're like self-soothing you know like maybe we're shopping or we're like always on the phone or on a screen or maybe we just don't like to be alone with ourselves Um, maybe there's this like void or emptiness that we feel like that just doesn't go away. And so if you think anyone that is feeling like they're looking for something outside of themselves, mm. feel you know, a void or a need or an emptiness or a, a longing, I think those are all um, indicators that there's disconnection from yourself um, that's mm. going on. That's incredible. Um, I love that you brought up addiction because um, it's, very much important to highlight and shine a light on the fact that um, often addiction 
comes as a result of deep emotional wounds. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love what you said about there's a self-discovery piece as a self-growth kind of connecting with oneself, mm-hmm. but also then that can also impact connection outside of self to other people. Mm-hmm. And you say you're ushering in a new level of consciousness and functioning through relationships by disrupting the default setting that causes disconnection mm-hmm. and that you believe that the current state of the world where differences cause divisiveness is as a result mm-hmm. of disconnection from oneself. Can you speak to that a bit more? Yeah, no, I love, I love that conversation. Um, so, you know, even if we look in the corporate world of, or just socially, like this diversity, um, I think issue um, is what I would call that. Um, I, I think that the workplace, you know, diversity and inclusion and equality movements are great, much needed. However, I also just think it's chasing the symptoms. Um, and I think that if, if we can't really embrace all these parts of ourselves that we've at some point like decided weren't good enough or fragmented you know I think it starts within us and so it's it's embracing all parts of ourselves so that we can really embrace that in others I think people are a mirror to what's happening inside of us and so when we find that we're judgmental of someone or you know we, we categorize people I think that all is just a reflection of the fragmentation that we have going on within us. Um, I have yet to find someone who is at peace with all aspects of themselves, mm-hmm. who um, isn't also just very, you know, inclusive and loving of everyone um, and can meet them wherever they are um, and doesn't feel threatened by someone else and isn't trying to change them to be more like them. Or And so I, I just think that they go hand in hand. I think when you heal fragmentation from yourself you inherently naturally look for and embrace differences because you embrace expansion Um, Mm -hmm. and I think that's the connection of embracing things within ourselves and all aspects of ourselves with other people is that I think it's it starts within with this personal expansion of embracing all of you Uh, Debbie Ford actually it's unfortunate she passed she has an amazing book Um, the dark side of the light chasers that really Mm. talks about this personal expansion and how people trigger things that are just, you know, highlighting what's going on with you. Um, But I I think when you understand expansion, um, you realize that when you can get outside of yourself and into a different view, that's totally different than anything you would have come up with. Mm -hmm. You realize that, that that actually can expand, you know, your horse blinders, so to speak of like how you see the world. Um, And I think when you're in this state of just embracing expansion, you look for, and you really appreciate and you want to surround yourself with people who have different views because it expands you, because it edifies you, it makes you better. It makes you um, see the world differently. And so I just think that um, what's happening right now in the world I, I think is, is that we, we need to start with and, and we need to look at, you know, healing some things within ourselves so that we can benefit from and embrace, you know, the diversity around us because through it, we'll be able to co-create things that, you know, and we'll just get to a, such a higher level of functioning that we wouldn't have otherwise gotten to. You're, you're speaking my language. I love this so much. Um, even in our families, um, because we have a natural diversity 
in families, in age, gender, um, but typically we don't necessarily have an inclusive environment where we're co-creating, which is, we can see a lot of coexisting, but not necessarily Mm co-creating. And it's the same principle really is being able to um, appreciate other people's viewpoints and being able to co-create is so important. As you say, when we understand personal and relational expansion and the power of co-creation, we will understand we're stronger together because of our differences. I completely, completely agree with with that. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. No, you go. Well, you were saying it starts at home and I love that and because it really does. And I think that that's, um, you know, because that's where I started professionally is working with people in their home environments. And it was almost, um, it, it was just almost to the point of humor that like I would, you know, help families create, you know, this space to be able to like, really like bring each other into our worlds. And it was like, without fail, like the default of like how someone wanted to respond to someone in this very vulnerable position was exactly what would cause wounding. And so as I observed like human nature, I really did um, discover so much. And of course, I dove into the research side of it to really like understand And I'm convinced that we're wired neurologically and biologically to fail in relationships. And so even with the best intentions, we're just, you know, I I think it requires putting off the natural man to really um, embrace those things and allow for those things in our family and outside of our family. And so this, there's this concept of like homeostasis and that's like our, you know, our uh, wiring to maintain normal, what are, you know, yeah. our sense of normal. And like what you were talking about with the family, I think that, you know, there's the spoken rules and the unspoken rules. And it's like, well, this is how it is. And this is how we see things. And this is how we deal with situations. And I think that um, when we can learn to be more malleable and more fluid in allowing, you know, family members to have their own views, mm-hmm. um, and, and allow that to expand the family, then, you know, people can really discover who they truly are and what their unique contribution is to the family. Mm. And then of course, you know, outside of the family, mm. but it, mm. it is such a tricky environment, but it's also like why to start there. Yeah, for sure. And you often work with change makers, folks mm-hmm. that are seeking to become the best version of themselves and make a positive impact on the world and what 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 do you find are their common struggles in this area um well i think the human default setting across the board is you know i think i think is the common thing for everyone um i I think that we we all have our blind spots you know these cognitive biases these um the conditioning of the world and the process of unlearning those things um, and kind of shedding that to allow who we truly are to merge and to shine through. And I think that is, that's like the most, I think one of the most fun steps is we have a view of ourselves based off of like all the feedback that we've gotten, you know, in life from our upbringing to our adult experiences. And that is, you know, kind of, that's how we view ourselves. But when we unlearn and kind of shed that in layers think that we discover who we are in a way that isn't from feedback we've gotten from anyone else Mm. internal intrinsic 
you know, um, value and that divine essence of who we truly are. And I think that that is something that as we uncover and, and reconnect with who we truly are and what our unique gifts are, um, it allows us to kind of free ourselves from the feedback of the world. And we don't care anymore, but mm. anyone else, because we know, and we we're not, you know, dependent on likes or follows or tweets or, you know, whatever yeah. that stuff is. Um, and I just think there's a new level of freedom there. I think, I think that's just a human experience. We all go through. 100. There's something I've noticed though, um, with a lot of folks that talk about whether they help like you help um others professionally with discovering self or whether it's they've gone on a journey inward to be of greater impact outward is this awakening this unlearning this uncover uncovering mm-hmm. and discovery of self typically yeah. happens in their adult life typically happens in their 30s am I right or is there any way of kind of as a mom I have two young boys and I believe my my work is to help them to be the best version of themselves. Is there anything one can be doing earlier on in life to ensure that, you know, we create a conducive environment where our kids can discover self much earlier? Yeah, uh, well, and I think I love that question because I think as, as a mother um, and as a parent, and I think that that is our, our biggest responsibility and like privilege is for the rising generation. And so I think um, the human conditioning, like as we're talking about the need to shed that, I think looking at what's the environment we're raising our kids in and how are we passing on to them the conditioning that was given us and where are we creating the space and having conversations um, at home to create the safe place for them to discover who they truly are and not based off of feedback for the world. So I think learning um, and really not learning, discovering who they are at a young age, not in a way that we're telling them who they are or that we're letting other teachers or peers tell them who they are, but to have them question um, feedback and really like Take it as just information to get curious, to look inward. And I think if, if this generation um, that's coming after us can just start by, I mean, I think questioning things is awesome. I, I like encourage that. And I think questioning the status quo and how things are done and really like learning how to find what what feels right for you, what feels in alignment for you. Because I think, you know, kids at a young age are really intuitive and they're much more connected to their true self than we as adults are especially when we're you know we've gotten a lot of education for example then we rely more on our brain than on our you know our intuition and that um the spiritual side of us and i think i believe the spirit or soul or however you describe that is who we truly are and i think kids are more connected to that um, and so just f- encouraging that, encouraging that connection to themselves um, mm. and, and and not allowing the conditioning of the world to stick and to define them. And I think that, you know, having conversations, you know, because also developmentally speaking, like kids 
um, they see things in a certain way and they make meaning from events that happen. And I think really having conversations with kids about things that are happening in the world and things they hear and um, about like their life and what are they making it mean so that as parents, we can help them not let those things stick and not become the conditioning that they then are going to have to shed later on. Yeah. Uh, but I think that kids, I, I, I think that this generation um, is like, I hope every generation is better than the one before them. And I just am so excited about this generation. And I think that um, there are ways that as a society, we've done them a huge disservice. Um, mm. and I, but I, I do believe that they are strong enough to be able to like have all the answers within their little bodies and their little mm. like souls and hearts to know, you know, how to, if, if we can just help them like keep on that, you know, that compass and mm. really like challenge everything by that internal compass. I think that, you know, they're, they're just incredible little mm. human beings. Mm. I totally agree. Totally agree. I love what you said that kids are typically are better connected than we adults in, mm-hmm. in themselves. Then something happens in the societal conditioning and we lose ourselves. And you kind of alluded to education and you also spoke a bit about spiritual side. Can you speak to what happens in from child who's well connected, authentic and aligned, I guess? to adult what happens in between yeah and I I highly value education I mean and I'm someone who's a bit of a hyper consumer when it comes to like I all things that are information I want to absorb um but when we like for for children like what you're talking about and part of the human conditioning is we learn to trust our head more than be guided intuitively or be led you know by our heart Um, And I'll just say with the heart, I think there's a difference between the human heart that, you know, you hear like the heart wants what it wants. And when people are just led by that, you know, they can kind of make crazy choices. And so when I say heart led, I don't mean that human heart, but I I mean more in alignment with like your soul, your spirit, because I think when you're fully in alignment, your heart surrenders to that. And so that version of the heart, um, I think that when we are learned or when we, you know, we've gotten a lot of education under our belt or we've disconnected from that part of ourselves and we stay in our head because that's where we're, it's rational and we can make sense of things and we don't have to feel. And when we do that, um, we think that we know, but we're really disconnected from our true source of wisdom and light and guidance. And I, I, I don't, I think when I've done a lot of work actually with people where it's almost like they're decapitated, <laughs> like, like mm. connected from their body and from their soul. Um, and they are just very rigidly in their head because that's how they survived. You know, they had to make sense of things. They had to think quickly and the pain was in the body. And so they didn't want to feel that. And so they just created as much distance as possible. And I, I did that as well. Um, and so like, I, I feel like, like I say, I'm a recovering number outer, you know, like I was the queen at not feeling. Um, and I think I, I lived my life that way for, you know, almost 30 plus years. And so um, 
getting back into the body, you know, kind of forces us, especially if you've had wounding where it just feels not safe to be in the body, or you've been flooded with emotion, or there's trauma there. Um, it, it causes an inability to um, be led intuitively, because that that would necessitate kind of going through and clearing out this stuff to be able to tap into that. And but I think when we are led and driven entirely rationally and cognitively, there is that disconnect from this like intuitive and spiritual mm. guidance system. Mm. Wow, this is just absolutely fascinating. Um, you also say that you help people turn their challenges um, into, I guess, opportunity, help them with the ability to discover answers within and you also do work in bridging the generational gap which is my my jam and my area of passion building bridges between particularly in family firms older gens and younger gens can you speak more to that yes and I think that this again this started in family you know experience like working with suicidal teens who um came to me after failed suicide attempts is where I started bridging generational gaps I found that without fail, they couldn't connect with their parents and they felt like they wouldn't understand. And so that's where my work in bridging the generational gap began. Um, and I, I think it's um, it's just so exciting to take the wisdom that comes from generations and then have you know these new and fresh ideas and someone coming into like, well, what's my unique contribution to the world and, and how can I contribute to this? and bridging that because there's this beautiful space of coming up with something that's better than what either would have come up with on their own when they're able to come together on it. And so the work that I do with that is, is teaching actually a skill set that overrides this like human default setting that we have and creates a new neurological pathway where we really, um, kind of lean on neuroplasticity, like the ability for the brain to really like become very flexible um, and fluid and able to try on a lot, a lot of different um, alternative solutions that are different from what we would have come up with and, and really teaching people, how do you actually get outside of your perspective and out of your lens of how you see the world and, and go into someone else's in a way that you're finding like the treasures of wisdom and in, in their experience that, you know, you don't have because it isn't your experience. And then how do you um, take what their wisdom is and what yours is and how do you pull those together to create, you know, from there um, and, and whether it's, you know, working with two people or for example, like in a boardroom and how do you do that collectively with everyone in the room and pull like the principles that are, you know, deeply important to them and make decisions based off of that and create and innovate and problem solve based off of those things. And it, it, it changes even, you know, the context of the conversation. And so that's, it's actually super exciting and fun um, for me to do that work. Amazing. Amazing. And what does working with you look like? Um, is this one-on-one? Is this in groups? Yeah, I have a couple of different things. Um, I, I always like to start with retreats just because I like to really get in and mess up the programming of like the default setting and, and start to create those new pathways, you know, those new ways of experiencing each other. 
Um, and so in the retreat, if it, you know, everything is customized to who I'm working with, whether it's a team, a family, a couple, um, someone individually that's trying to heal their own fragmentation. And so everything is customized. Um, we even, I have, my husband is in the special forces in the air force. And so um, I have access to this whole like special ops. And so we can do high adventure retreats. Um, so I like to start with retreats and then go into um, whether it's coaching or consulting in a company um, from there. So I have a couple of different, different ways that I work. Amazing. Amazing. And if anyone wants to learn more about you and your work, how best can they reach you? Um, so my email is Carrie, um, C-A-R-I-E at c4kinc.com. That's the consulting side. But CarrieBailey.com is uh, my website where people can learn about all the different ways that I work and how to contact me. Oh, this is really special work. Um, just thank you. Thank you for sharing more about your journey. It's not easy as we were talking about pre-recording, getting vulnerable and putting mm-hmm. your story out there. It's not easy, but like you said, it gives folks permission to be themselves and also um your work is so important in helping folks realign and reconnect with themselves so they can connect with others and connect with their purpose and passions. So thank Thank you. you. And your work as well. What you're doing out in the world is just such a beautiful contribution. So thank you for who you are and for what you're doing. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Oh my goodness. That was just so uplifting. Um, I love that Carrie believes that, our darkest moments can be funneled from, you know, pain to purpose, and we can get a new ability to harness our negative experiences and channel them to make a positive difference in the lives of others. And I believe that this is also not only applicable to us as individuals as we we walk through different triumphs and trials, but also as collectives, as families, whether we're going through a difficult season as a family in our personal lives, maybe the loss of a family member, maybe difficult um, health challenges, maybe all sorts of things may be happening, but equally on the business side, maybe financial difficulty and a season of just immense emotional stress. I also think that collectively this dark moment can be um, harnessed and channeled such that we find purpose in the midst of it and we're able to make a profound difference in the lives of others. I think that um, it's not easy to walk through these seasons, but I think the gift when we're walking through them collectively is that we can lean on one another. Um, we can find strength from each other. Um, we can find wisdom from each other. And we can also draw back on the wells of our previous seasons of triumphs and trials and learn from those seasons, whether We've been to them individually or been to them collectively. And yeah, so I just encourage you to stay positive if this is you, to stay curious and to to mind for the gold, mind for the light in this situation. It's just for a season. Thank you so much for tuning in. Take good care and God bless you.